1: Welcome to OnlyFans Q&A Live, a question and answer
2: show exclusive to OnlyFans and Miami Dolphins Discord server. Now, here's your host, Alf. And we're on, and this is OnlyFans Q&A Live. If you want to become a member of OnlyFans, you can go to discord.gg forward slash OnlyFans. It's pretty simple: three dollars a month, and you can participate in all of these uh, Q&As that we have every single week. You could chat with over two thousand. Miami Dolphins fans like-minded Miami Dolphins fans and of course there are no trolls because we kind of control it so this is a version of Dolphins Twitter that is much much better than Dolphins Twitter all right it's Jets week and they're playing on Black Friday so this is kind of fun right like this this should be a fun week we have some news Savon Achman has been placed on injured reserve and Robbie Chosen has been signed to the active roster Robbie Chosen had I think uh He's been exhausted. He's, I think they exhausted the trips up and down from the practice squad. So I think he's on the roster for the balance. I'm not sure, but I got to check that out. Um, as far as the injury report, uh, what is of consequence as far as limited players? Something that's interesting, John Franklin Myers, by the way, is a hell of a player. He was limited today. It's important. He has a knee issue, uh, he's extremely important for that defense. Tony Adams, his he had a compound fracture on his finger. Do you know what a compound fracture is? That's when the bone sticks out of your hand. He practiced today. So I guess he's going to play. I would think that he's going to play with a club. Okay. Um, these are the Jets, DMPs. Mackay Becton, he's consequential, of course. Michael Carter, also consequential. He has a hamstring issue. Uh, he, I think, is the most likely not to play on Friday. Uh, Sam Aguavon, our old friend, has a hip issue. DNP. He actually plays on that defense. He plays on on third downs. He, he plays some snaps on third and long. He's um, I guess he's a, you could call him a specialist in their in their pass defense. Uh, Mikeai Becton also is important as far as Dolphins that are DNP'd. Rob Jones, of course, we we expected that. Durham Smythe has still nursing that ankle issue, although he's a guy that you kind of expected. Um. You know, would be out early on this week. And as far as uh, Devon Achan and I know everybody's been waiting for that. He was limited today, and there seems to be some optimism as far as Devon Achane playing on Friday. And I really got the sense on that game on Sunday that as soon as he asked out, once you ask out, you're you're likely not to make it back onto the field, especially as a young player. So, yeah, I, I I do expect Yvonne H.N. to play on Friday. All right, uh, we have a couple of guys in the queue. We could bring them up to ask their questions, and then I will read questions and a- answer them from the chat. So here is the first. Uh, as I bring you up, just identify yourself.
0: Hey, I'll take the cannoli here. Um, I know we have some people disappointed in the offense the last three weeks, but – I think there's – me personally, I think there's nothing stopping this team from going to the Super Bowl other than ourselves. But I do think we have a fumbling problem. I think it's fumbling that prevented us from beating KC and Philly and being 9-1. Uh, do you agree? Is it nothing? Is it something? And if it is something, is it reflected in sort of McDaniel's, shall we say, laissez-faire culture around the team? Uh, what do you think?
2: Yeah, they have a they have a, a ball security issue as of late. But you got to go back and start analyzing each and every one of them. Um like when did they when did these really start? And let's let's just take the Raider game uh, on its own. If you watch that game, Tua is going head first for a first down. Uh, his knee might have been down, his elbow might have been down as well. It was a good punch out. Uh Ball security wasn't all that great. It really did look like, you know, he wasn't used to actually carrying the football. So that's just, you know, th- that happens. It's a punch out. It's a linebacker against a quarterback. That's going to happen. Um, the interception was a bad read by Tua. Um, I'm going to have that in the film study this week, and I'm going to put that up. And everybody could see what the, the Raiders were on. Uh, they were in some type of quarters coverage that, shifted to cover three and Tua just saw the cover three shape and tried to go over the top of the safety while Waddle was reading the safety headed for the goal line so he flattened his route if you watch it Waddle was right in my opinion and Tua needed to throw that ball short he needed to throw it flat and you have a big completion who knows maybe he outruns the safety to the end zone and he scores anyway So then you have the Julian Hill fumble. That was also on ball security. I think it's something that they have to drill because fumbles, when they just show up, just like uh, fumble recoveries are complete luck, by the way. Okay. So you can have a team that fumbles like crazy and then you just recover every single one of them. And that's just complete luck. But as far as ball security, that's something that they have to drill. And I'm pretty certain that they will be drilling that uh, this week. So yeah, that's something they gotta, they gotta tighten up for sure.
0: Yeah. Super frustrating.
2: All right. You got anything else? Uh,
0: seeing that it's jets week in New York, I just want to ask you, where were you during the fake spike game? And what was, what was your reaction? Do you remember it?
2: Yes, I, remember I do remember it. Exactly. Oh, it was great. It was great. Uh, I had my own uh, apartment at the time. um, I may or may not have been living with my current wife right now. Don't quote me on that. But the Dolphins were on a on a losing streak. I remember I bought a new TV, and back then, because it was a long time ago, uh, that's when you had the the picture tube TVs. You know what I mean? You know they were square. Yep. yep. Okay. I remember I bought a new TV that week, just for that game. It was a big thirty two inch. Back then, thirty two inches, guys, was considered like a huge TV. Uh, I got that for my bedroom and then I had ordered a 60 inch for the living room, but the 60 inch I remember had not arrived. So I watched the game in my bedroom and I remember watching early in that game and thinking to myself, this team absolutely sucks. Can't believe they're going to go to New York in this big spot. If you remember, that game was essentially for first place at that time of the year. They're going to go to New York in this big spot with this team that is absolutely loaded, and they're going to lay an absolute egg. They were getting their ass kicked, and then all of a sudden that. Yeah, I was
0: like 23 to 6 or something going into the fourth.
2: Yeah, something like that. And then that, that comeback begins to roll, and it's rolling, and it's rolling. And now it's just taking up steam. And I'm like, okay, yeah, they're winning this game, and there's nothing that the Jets can do about it. And sure enough, yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember the whole fake spike and everything. I, I was completely caught by by surprise. And I remember Dan Marino's um, reaction to it when he threw the touchdown. He started jumping up and down like a maniac. Uh, it was fun. And then they they really never looked back from that game. I don't believe that was nineteen ninety four, right? Yeah, that, that might be
0: the year they went all the way to. Losing the San Diego in the divisionals, I think.
2: Yeah, that that was it, I believe. And yeah, anyway,
0: that was uh, well. I think what's what's overshadowed in that game is is just the amazing comeback. I mean, Marino to Ingram in that game. I think Ingram caught like three or four touchdowns. I think he caught all of them. It was just incredible.
2: Yeah, I think I think it was four touchdowns. <laughs> it could have been four touchdowns. Yeah, and it was just the the way the offense was operating that day. It was just one after the other. And lost in that game was a huge interception by, by Boomer Asias and the Troy Vincent, I believe. Uh, I believe it was Troy Vincent who got the interception. That was a huge interception because the Jets were trying to essentially try to ice it. And instead, they threw an interception. So, all right, man. You got anything else?
0: No, that's everything. Let's hope that Tua uh, gives us another memory that we can talk about for 30 years.
2: Cool. Cool. Well, uh, against this Jets team, maybe the only memory we were going to get is that Tua was, like, perfect against that defense or something, or we hung 45 against them. Uh, There's not going to be many many memories to be made against that team on Friday, man. (laughs) All right. Let me bring on somebody else. As I bring you up, uh, identify yourself, and you can ask your question. Okay. Somebody has... Somebody has severe mic issues. All right, let's let's uh, let's read some of these these questions from the chat. All right, here's the first one. Do you think Chris Brooks comes back this year? And if so, could he be the answer to the short yardage problem? Uh, do I think he comes back this year? Well, Savon Akhmet just went on IR, and we're in the second half of the season. So maybe Chris Brooks, I don't know, might be coming back? Like, that might be a guy that they might think to, to bring back. I know he should be available toward the end of the year. Would he be the answer in the short yardage problem? Absolutely. I think the answer to the short yardage problem is just better play calling, period. All right, next question. Do you think Waddle is being underutilized? Yes. Or is his small dip in production a performance issue? No, no. He does need to work on his game in the offseason. Like, that's a fact. Um. If I were him... And, and if I were the Dolphins, I would ex- instruct him to get himself a coach for the offseason. And if he wants to work with Wes Walker at the facility, uh, there's times that CBA uh, allows for, for extra time to work in the offseason. He has to work a little bit more on his craft. His, his uh, route running is absolutely stellar. It's his operation at the point of the of the reception. That needs some work. Yes, he, he is kind of a body catcher. That happens. Smaller guys tend to be that way. Um, but he just needs to work a little bit on his craft. Uh, the, you know, let's face it, he's still going to have a pretty damn good year. He's still a great player. You just want him to take that extra step, you know, and I think that's on the way. I have a lot of faith in Jalen Waddle. He's one of the best players on this team, and he's absolutely tough as nails. Uh, that's a guy you want around for a very long time. All right, next question is, Jalen Phillips had a two-sack, one-interception game that got lost in the shuffle. By the way, they actually took away half of a sack. Uh, Officially, it's one and a half sacks for Jalen Phillips. They got lost in the shuffle of the Ramsey performance. What do you think his ceiling is the rest of the season with him looking healthy? 12 to 15 sacks attainable? I don't know if 12 to 15 sacks is attainable, but for the rest of the season, yeah, can he reach double digits? Absolutely. Um, Can he make... The Pro Bowl, absolutely. Is he going to make All Pro? Absolutely. He has fans around this league. A lot of the analysts that watch these games, uh, they talk him up on NFL Live, on NFL Network, and you know he actually gets better PR than Bradley Chubb. And in my opinion, Bradley Chubb is having an All Pro season. Okay, so. Yeah, as far as his ceiling for the rest of his career, uh, the Ring of Honor, man, <laughs> is his, his, uh, his ceiling, and possibly the Hall of Fame if he starts getting those numbers up. But he's yeah, he's going to be great for the rest of the year. He's finally healthy, which is a good sign. 12 to 15 sacks? Nah, that's that's too many. Um, another question, any shot, A-Chan will be back this week? I already said yes, I think so. And if so, would you start him in fantasy... Man, I guess the Jets, I would not. Okay. Uh, the reason I would not is because I think the Jets, the way they play defense, especially with their fronts, they tend to stop outside zone runs. So it could be a game where A-Chan actually gets a lot of fantasy run as far as in the passing game. And that's great because I've been expecting that. By the way, I have uh, Devon A-Chan on my fantasy team. So I would be making this decision as well. I, I was absolutely burned this week because I started him on my fantasy team, and he ended up playing one snap. So this could be a game where Mostert actually have more yards than A-Chan, if Achan is completely healthy. But I don't tend to trust young players coming off of a game where they were pulled due to injury. So I will probably wait, be a wait-and-see on Devon A-Chan, and I'll be also watching the – the injury report for the Jets the rest of the week. Now, if you don't have many other choices, start him because let's face it, he's the best fantasy running back other than Christian McCaffrey when he's in there. Dude averaged uh, coming into this last game 175 yards and two touchdowns a game. So, if you don't have many other options, I would start him. But personally, me, uh, I have Kenneth Walker who who got injured, but I have Zach Charbonnet. So I could plug in Zach Charbonnet. And I got uh, Montgomery of the Lions. And he plays on Thursday. So I got to make a decision on that very, very quickly. So I will likely play Montgomery. And then A-Chan is the one that I got to decide on whether I'm starting A-Chan or I'm starting either one of the Seattle backs. So that's my decision. It's going to be a rough one. It's going to be a tough decision to make going into Friday. Uh, You're going to need a lot more clarity before starting him on Friday. All right, uh, here's another question. Why do you think Tua seemed off this week? Man, I don't think Tua seemed off this week. Um, He had the one pick, which was a bad decision, but 325 yards, two touchdowns. He wasn't off. He was fine. Uh, Another question is uh, Leonard, he's talking about Shaquille Leonard, formerly Darius Leonard, really an upgrade option for the linebacking group in this style of D, or is he washed, assuming no one picks him up? Uh, I'm not certain it's an upgrade. Now, if you add them to the fold, it's absolutely an upgrade to the unit. Now, is he an upgrade over Jerome Baker or David Long? Those two guys fill roles that are extremely important on this defense, and they know the defense.
1: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
2: Um, Shaq Leonard would help this team. Absolutely. But you can't claim them. There's just no way you could claim them. Uh, it's just too much money owed. He's owed he's owed essentially about a million dollars a game the rest of the way. So it's about $6.1 million is what he's, what he's owed. Um, he would have to rework the contract in the offseason. It's just too much money. So uh, if you're the Miami Dolphins, in my opinion, if I was in charge on this, I'd just wait for him to clear waivers. I don't think anybody's going to claim him. I don't think anybody's going to claim him. So... You wait for him to clear, clear waivers, then you place a call, you place a call to his agent, and then let's talk Turkey as far as the rest of the season, and then we'll see how it goes, and we'll talk again once the season is over. That's how I would do it. All right, another question. Uh the Jets offense can't score, but is the defense gonna provide any uh, provide us any challenge? Of course, that's a really good defense. Or is that just gonna be a matter of the unstoppable force eventually breaking through? uh uh three touchdowns. Dolphins can't lose. That's that's the way I see it. If they score three touchdowns, this game is a wrap. So uh but you do want to watch the game for that. You want to watch your offense perform against that defense. That's a top defense. That is a top 5 NFL defense. And yeah, they played terribly against the the Bills, but at some point you begin to quit and in that game the Jets just looked like they had that quitting look to them. So, absolutely. Uh it's going to be fun to watch our offense against that defense. That's going to be a lot of fun. All right, another question. Obviously hypothetical, but how would Darius Leonard fit in this defense? Do we do he and David Long have similar playing styles? No, uh, they're completely different. Completely different players. Now, him and Jerome Baker, they have some there there's some crossover there. There's some similarity. Uh similarities there. But The way that this defense has been designed to play the last few weeks, Darius Leonard would help them a ton. So, yeah. And he would also help keep some of these guys fresh. And you could have a pass pass defense set with Darius Leonard and Jerome Baker that would make throwing to the flats extremely difficult. So, yeah, man. He would help this defense immensely. But it's going to be harder to get him in here with other teams much more desperate namely the Buffalo Bills I think would be extremely desperate they need to fit they need to fill that role that Matt Milano vacated so they need a guy who could play the flat against the pass and Darius Leonard can do that now is he the uh, you know the, the Darius Leonard of of the past and by the way gotta stop calling him Darius Leonard he wants to be called Shaquille Leonard so Is he the same Shaquille Leonard of the past? Absolutely not. The the Shaquille Leonard of the past was a top five linebacker and possibly top six or seven-ish defensive player in the league. He was a Defensive Player of the Year candidate a couple of times. So is he that player? Absolutely not. Can he help a team? Absolutely he can. But it won't be easy bringing him in here. Although if you pitch him to come here, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think they get him. Uh, this is a very attractive place to go come play, man. Uh, it's just a fact. you know. Everybody would love to play for Mike McDaniel. This is a good organization. It's Miami. It's a good place to be rich. So, yeah, if they pitch him on it, they could probably get him for the balance of the season. But he has to clear waivers first. All right, what did you see? Here's another question. What did you see in the Eagles-Chiefs game on Monday night that you think the Dolphins could replicate To help them win on the road at KC, should we face them again in the playoffs? Very interesting question. It's a great question. I watched that game very, very closely. As far as winning on the road to KC, well, hopefully they won't have to do that because that loss opens the door back up again for Miami to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. But let's say they had to go on the road. Like, What did the Eagles do that could be replicated? Well, a lot of those coverages can be replicated because they essentially play the same exact defense. So I think it's more the same. I think Miami, I, want, I don't want to say that they, they laid out the blueprint against Kansas City when they played them in Frankfurt uh, because they played really well on defense. I think they just followed the blueprint against Kansas City. You want to drive on everything, okay? And with the corners that Miami has, you could trust them deep against the, the MVSs and the Watsons and the Rashi Rices of the world. Uh, like, that's not really an issue. Okay, so I think you just want to replicate what they're doing against them, because that Kansas City Chiefs offense doesn't seem to have many, many um, solutions to their problems. Although yesterday they did run the ball effectively. So I think you just get back to exactly what you did. Uh, I don't think the Chiefs have uh, many more rabbits to pull out of their out of their hat. Uh, I think this is the team that they are. Now, it sounds like I'm saying, oh, my God, they got a ton of issues. They don't. They still have Patrick Mahomes. They still have, in my opinion, the best defense in football. Besides maybe the the Browns. I think the Browns have a better defense, but their defense is absolutely great. So I think you just replicate what you already did, and and that same blueprint that you've been following. I think the Broncos were the ones who kind of laid it out pretty well, and the Dolphins followed it, and the the Eagles sure as sure as shit followed it. So. Yeah, the the, the Chiefs, are, in my opinion, they're not done losing this year. They're absolutely not done losing this year. I think there's a couple more losses in there. Miami should take advantage. It's going to be important that they, they take advantage of it, by the way, uh, as Patrick Mahomes has never played a playoff game on the road. You heard that correctly. All right, any more insight into Wins injury? Not, nothing else, man. Nothing other than it was considered serious at the time that it happened, but they hold out hope. Uh, this team is not very forthcoming on some of those those things on, on injuries like that. But uh, I'll put in a question soon to see what's going on with Isaiah. When um, here's a f- couple more questions, and I think then we, we could end it right here. Uh, are you worried about our banged up interior O line against the Jets defense line? Absolutely. Uh, that's why it was a good. Good thing to hear that Robert Hunt was giving it a go today in practice. Hopefully, he ramps up well for for that game on Friday because I think he's absolutely needed. You know, if not, they're going to have to game plan around it. They're going to have to somehow, you know, probably forego all interior runs pretty much because you can't trust it. So they're going to have to try to you know, get tricky with the run game, try to be more perimeter oriented and, you know, call a lot of outside zone, a lot, maybe some reverses, some, some toss cracks, but you know, a lot of stretch, like they're going to have to call a lot of stretch to try to use leverage against those interior defensive linemen from the jets. Cause they're really, really good. Um, So yeah, would I be worried? Well, of course I'm worried. Like that could completely short circuit the entire offense. So, I just need Robert Hunt. You get me Robert Hunt back in the lineup, I, don't, I like him against anybody. Okay? I don't have a problem there. All right. Because, by the way, and once Robert Hunt comes back, then you got options at left guard. So, yeah, Isaiah Wynn is not coming back anytime soon. But once you get Robert Hunt back, then you got more options at left guard. And all of a sudden, you start feeling a little bit better about your depth. As of right now, the depth is extremely thin. Okay? Need Robert Humpback, all important. All right, uh, next question. There's a couple more. Uh, does the league care that teams are better off at this time of year picking up street-free agents and other teams' practice squad players than bringing their own back off of IR due to the limited IR return slots? That is absolutely true. It's a great question. That's a very, very smart question. That's what you, the, the kind of question that you get on our Discord, OnlyFans. Um By the way, if you want to get on there, you can check our our Twitter account and look at the the pinned tweet on our 3 Yards Per Carry Twitter account. Or you could just, you know, uh, you downloaded this episode, right? So I'll put a link to the Discord in there. Absolutely. You're absolutely correct. I think that the league has to do something about that. I've always been for roster expansion. Okay? Why 53? Why is that the magic number? Raise the cap, okay, to, to allow for 60 players. Why, why 53? Uh, there's nothing that says that, you ha- that 53 is the number that you must play football with, okay? That's the beautiful thing about football. It's not like basketball. Basketball, okay, they got 15. There was a time, by the way, where uh, teams had 12, okay? But basketball, we understand, okay, it's 15. Baseball, it's 25, okay? We get it, okay? We understand those things. Football, you could keep, keep expanding it. College teams have 85 players, 90 players. So why not? Let's just raise the rosters to 60. Why not? And make it mandatory for every team to have to carry three quarterbacks. That's it. That's all you got to do. Uh, I think that it's long overdue, and they should just do it. Because uh, some of this stuff is hard to keep track of. Okay? Like, I don't know. I got to check. I got to ask with CK. CK knows uh, on our podcast. Like, what, what are we up to with Robbie Chosen? Because Robbie Chosen has been cut, brought back up, cut, brought back up. Now he's back on the, on the 53. So did we already, you know, exhaust the three, uh, you know, the three moves up and down for Robbie Chosen? I have no idea. So simplify the rules already and just make the rosters bigger, period. 60-man rosters, nice round figure. All right, uh, just a couple more, and then we could get out of here for the week. All right, has the offense become a bit more rudimentary? It seems like some of the flash is gone. Perhaps McDaniel has put some of those plays formation in the bag for the playoffs. Good observation. Uh, I think that they've simplified it some, but I think it's due to personnel. When Devon Achan has been out for all these weeks, and then he leaves the game on his first snap, then yeah, okay, then that's a problem. All right, you're going to pair it back some. Um, I'm guessing that maybe a quarter of the game plan of the install for the game against the Raiders involved Devon Achan, and now he's standing on the sideline. So, right there, you get a quarter of your install and you toss it on essentially the first snap of the game. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was absolutely rudimentary. Uh, you want healthy people, okay? And you need Robert Hunt back. That's a fact. All right, uh, any more questions? Let me see if there's uh, any, any more qu- Any Hard Knocks predictions for tonight's premiere? Hmm, it'll be entertaining. I guess that, that'll be mine. That'll be mine. All right, that, that's my my prediction. All right, uh, we have a speaker that we tried to get on a little bit earlier. Let's see if he has fixed his mic issues. All right, as I bring you up, identify yourself. Hey, Al. There you are. Lucy Goosey 10, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. I got you. Uh, This is more of a general NFL question. This is more of a general NFL
0: question, but we'll use the Dolphins for an example. The Myers
2: fumble that AVG caused wasn't a fumble, but the week prior against the Chiefs, Mm -hmm. a play similar in speed and time, it was called a fumble. Do the Dolphins... Contact the NFL after the game and say, "Hey, what the hell? What's going on? Do the NFL teams in general contact the league about officiating aspects like that?" Absolutely, and, and let me and let me explain how this works. Okay, when you watch a game and you're bitching about a call and you're like, "My God, this guy just absolutely screwed us on this call," they think the same thing. The team thinks the same thing. They have people cutting up plays that they will send into the league. And they, they will say, look, you guys absolutely screwed us on this play. We need clarification. And then the league will either send you clarification or tell you you were wrong. And then you do nothing about it because you can do nothing about it. Look, that call, as far as what is a catch and what is not a catch, I have always understood, if you have possession and you make a football move and then you drop the ball, that's a fumble. And it gets forced out, that is a fumble. I thought Myers... Made a football move. I mean, Mayor. I thought Mayor made a football move. They say no. I thought Tyreek's forward progress was stopped. They say no. So, it's really about what officiating crew you're going to get that week. And how they interpret the rules. But as far as teams sending in things to the league to get checked out, they do all the time. They do it on a weekly basis. And they do it for more than just big plays like that. They do it for like holding calls. They do it for DPI for a bunch of stuff. They try to get clarification. And basically they do it to work the refs. And I'll give you an example. Okay. Dolphins got called for a BS procedure penalty against the Chiefs. That was a that I could tell right away. They called it because the Chiefs probably sent in a couple of plays That the Dolphins had run and said, look, is this a a legal procedure? And they probably watched it a little closer. And sure enough, it was borderline and they called it. And now we have a five-yard penalty instead of whatever the result of the play is. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, They send all that stuff in all the time. Does anything get fixed? No. Uh, Officiating is as bad as it's ever been. And it'll keep being bad until you get better refs. And full-time refs, that's extremely important. All right. We're going to call it right here. Uh, we will be back. Uh, this week, we, we did this on Tuesday because, of course, they're playing on Black Friday. So 3YPC will be going on Wednesday for our preview show. But next week, we will be back at our regular time on Wednesdays. We always come on after Tua Tungavalo speaks every single week. So thank you for joining us. See you next week. Thanks for listening to OnlyFans here in a Live.
1: Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty-nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon.